This is Father Aaron with another podcast. I want to share with you today my homily from the nuptial mass of Davis and Anna Asen, given Saturday, September 14th at St. Joseph in Macon, Georgia. I don't normally include wedding homilies on this podcast, but my topic was something I think a lot of people could benefit from. It was the feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, and I make a comparison between the sufferings of Christ and the sufferings that sometimes are found in marriage. And I had a little help along the way from the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien, who actually has a good bit to say on the topic. Let us glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we are saved and delivered. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The feast days of the Church's liturgical year can generally be divided into three categories. The Feast of Saints, the Feast of Events, and the Feast of Various Mysteries, the Immaculate Conception, the Assumption, etc., Today's feast is sort of in a category on its own, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. We don't really celebrate an event today, such as the crucifixion. Rather, we are called by our Mother, the Church, in today's liturgy to reflect on the instrument of our Lord's Passion, on the cross itself. And of course, along with that comes all the implications of the cross, the suffering of Christ, our salvation. But in the end, the cross is an instrument. It was the vehicle by which our redemption occurred, which makes it worth consideration in itself. You see, God our Father created the entire cosmos without any expense. It took nothing of himself to make us, and yet to redeem us, there was a cost. As the author of the letter to the Hebrews writes, Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that through the grace of God he might taste death for all. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, who had brought many children into glory, to perfect the author of their salvation by his suffering. Here is the great paradox of Christianity. Jesus Christ, he who is God made man, makes an offering of himself which is perfected through his suffering. And therefore our own redemption is perfected through his suffering. Salvation is perfected through his suffering. Recently, I was speaking with a priest friend of mine, and he raised a point. If heaven is the perfection of our suffering, what is there to await for the one who has avoided all suffering? Let me repeat that. If heaven is the perfection of our suffering, what is there to await for the one who has avoided all suffering? The cross is a sign of contradiction because it speaks against every impulse of the secular world. It doesn't make sense, for example, in comparison with the Freudian pleasure principle, 
that man by his very instinct avoids pain and seeks pleasure. Sigmund Freud argues that this principle is the driving force of all human action, to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And here is the most perfect being in the cosmos, the perfection of humanity, Jesus Christ, the God-man. And his only goal is suffering. His only desire is for the cross. If heaven is the perfection of our suffering, what is there to await for the one who has avoided all suffering? Weddings are always happy occasions, but marriages, marriages are demanding. Of course, there's always an initial happiness, and all good marriages are filled with happy moments, but there are mixed ingredients to every marriage, measures of both joy and sadness, of prosperity and suffering. And though there's never a way to predict how a marriage will unfold, every reasonable person knows that it will have both these ingredients. And truth be told, there is little preparation that need be done for the prosperous moments of a marriage, but marriages like all holy things, are only perfected through suffering. St. Francis de Sales teaches us that Calvary is the school of love. Or more completely, he says, the state of marriage is one that requires more virtue and constancy than any other, for it is a perpetual exercise in mortification. At the center of every good marriage is the cross. And so what a fitting day to mark this marriage, the only feast of the year when the church specifically considers the cross itself. In March of 1941, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a letter to his son Michael so that he could speak plainly to him regarding marriage and relationships, and in particular of his own marriage and its struggles. He writes, The essence of a fallen world is that the best cannot be attained by free enjoyment or by what is called self-realization, usually a nice name for self-indulgence, but by denial, by suffering. Faithfulness in Christian marriage entails that great mortification. For a Christian man, there is no escape. Of course, Tolkien's words aren't really exclusive to marriage. For the Christian man, for any man, there is no real escape from suffering. But in the shadow of the cross, suffering is giving a purpose, and not in some sort of silly way, as if we were simply stepping back and saying all things have a purpose. No, the core of the Christian religion is founded upon suffering, the particular sufferings of Jesus Christ, which we often often term his passion. The core of Christianity is such a deep form of love, to love even when it hurts. It is a love that was even worthy of God, a love so powerful that of all the ways that God could have chosen to demonstrate his deep love for humanity, he chose suffering. Marriage as a sacrament and as a state of life exists to bring human souls to God. It is the vocation of the spouses to perfect one another in love, and for this reason, blessed be God, that many marriages often entail a heavy dose of suffering. Tolkien writes on in his letter, Too few few are told this, even those brought up in the church. Those outside seem seldom to have heard it, and so when the glamour wears off or merely works a bit thin, they think they have made a mistake. Nearly all marriages, even happy ones, are mistakes. You really do very little choosing. Life and circumstance do most of it. And yet, he writes, in such great, inevitable love, often love at first sight, we catch a vision, I suppose, of marriage as it should have been in an unfallen world. 
In other words, in the ability of spouses to love each other through suffering, we receive a vision of the perfection of love, of the love which God and man once had in the garden, and should have now, and will have in paradise, a love so powerful that nothing overcomes it. And this is why Christian marriage exists as a witness to the love of God. It's the reason spouses make vows in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. That's the point, really. That's the whole point, to love at all times and in all circumstances. Marriage, for the Christian, is far less about the individual romance of a young man and woman, as it is about the tenacious and determined love of God, who never ceases loving us in our failings, and who, because of our failings, loved us even to the point of death. And so, yes, today is such a fitting day for a marriage, even more than that, to assemble here today in the sight of God before his almighty throne, to witness this marriage, and now to bring this new sacrament of God's love to his holy altar, where love himself will come down to earth before us in the flesh. Here, we witness the great image, which is God's plan for our redemption. We see the compatibility of vocations, man and woman, united in holy matrimony, bring to God their very flesh as an offering. And in later years, their children, flesh of their own flesh, to be offered to God. And God's minister in the holy priesthood responds in turn by presenting to them the flesh of God, the love of God poured out from the cross into a golden chalice, a love which he presents to them as his own, a flesh which he offers to them in the name of Christ, yes, but in his own, this is my body. And so basking in the light of this awesome exchange, I offer to you in conclusion Tolkien's final words to his son. Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, he writes, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the Blessed Sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves upon earth, and more than that, death. By the divine paradox, that which ends life and demands the surrender of all, and yet by the taste, that which alone can maintain what you seek in your earthly relationships, love, faithfulness, joy, eternal endurance, that which every man's heart desires. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for listening in today. If you like what you hear, please go on iTunes and leave a good rating. Also, tell your friends and family about it, and visit the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations website to find more great content, jacksonpriest.com. That's jacksonpriest, with an S, dot com. God bless.